All right, everyone. It is episode number 39 of the Solve for Why vlog cast. Once again, I am back in my normal seat, joined by Matt Berkey in his normal seat. Things have changed a little bit in the room since I've been gone. Maybe for the better. Still looking for my flag. But I'm here. And it's a pleasure to have you, man. To have me? Or to have us, <laughs> the unit of the Software Wide Vlogcast. I'm I'm a guest. <laughs> That's funny. I'm a guest in my own goddamn home. Sometimes I feel that way too, man. I know how you feel. Um Yeah, I don't really have prepared topics, but I think that this will probably be the hardest vlogcast I've recorded, but I think that the people deserve to like know stuff. Okay. Right? So. Are you breaking up with me? No, it's not a joke. It's uh, so I'm not breaking up with you. That's not. <laughs> That's not what happened. This is uh, this is this is what loud people do whenever they break up. They take someone into public, so they won't make a scene, mm. and they just quietly say like, oh, "This is over." No, that's not what I'm doing. Okay, so over the last three months, I've mostly been missing on purpose, right? And in my mind. I was absent and effectively like moving the the course of action of leaving like not only solve for why but like mostly poker altogether. Okay. And the reason was because at the time like the person I was with, it was like, that's what they wanted. Right. Yeah. And so I like uprooted my life and went to New Jersey and said, okay, like for the time being, I'll play whatever's around here until I find a, a way to like settle my life in some way right like use my network to move into something else that of which i don't even know sure and that was hard because it was like 10 years of like dreaming about making high stakes and building companies and whatever like like my dream right and then when i was here i came back for like a week Right. Yeah. My plan was like, okay, I'm going to come back. I am going to like grab my stuff and then like leave. Right. And when I'm here, that relationship just like goes to shit. Um, maybe because I came back here to for play. a week. Exactly. Um, so I came back here and I left there. When I left, we were in a great spot. We had just had a Valentine's Day weekend, 
and it was probably we were great. I come here, record a podcast saying like, yeah, like it's really hard when you're in love and like moving, moving things and trying to make it work. And then like almost immediately after, like I had to deal with like a breakup right as like I finished uh, a broadcast with Run It Up. And the reason it was hard wasn't necessarily only the breakup, but the fact that I had to, like, it's hard when, like, you you give, I guess, so much and, like, so much was sacrificed in terms of, like, my company, this company, our, like, friendships, and, like, everything superseded that because of, like, I guess, like, my faith in, like, what... Um, of like love or whatever so wait i'm confused like yeah. did the vlog that you did with andre lead to the breakup no it was before it was before you guys recorded no like we were still together when i recorded that. that's what i'm saying like did right. she watch it and then... i don't think so no so then what's not it wasn't even out I, I don't i don't know when it went out okay so all this is news to me so i'm trying to well it's all news to me too so it's it's not as if like not the breakup the breakup is is news to me but all of this is news to me i mean i see your actions but you know you do this stuff you've you've always been a one foot in one foot out kind of guy so i just have stopped trying to like force what i think is correct on you Mm. and just try to offer as much support as i possibly can and usually that's just space so it's like okay it's the holidays he's home wants to be with family wants to be with his girlfriend he's gonna figure some shit out Mm. didn't realize there was an exit plan in place um i didn't either until we had that like a conversation of like i she just didn't want me to play poker and i was just like well i don't even know what that means for me but i guess i'll make it happen because if that's like I, i was like thinking that that was a thing you know sure and and yeah, like it, the thing that like really bothered me this morning was like I woke up and it it wasn't just that. Like it was this like you know, sometimes like you blame yourself in some way where it's like are you good enough to succeed in other avenues like like are you a good enough boyfriend are you a good enough owner are you a good enough poker player to reach high stakes are you sure like a good enough like son for your father like all these things like hit me hard right and yeah like i just like just like broke down this morning and i mean i get it um and i get it from I guess a different vantage point because I've seen you for a long time. Yeah, but I've I've seen you like juggle this. I almost want to call it like an inner demon. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I I know that it rubs you the wrong way and I I do it to kind of like take a jab at you and everything else, but like this whole concept of you being the paper champ is like born out of this idea where you've created this like it's like a hard stop 
when you commit to something, you're very good at it, generally speaking. Uh, mm-hmm. This isn't going to apply to all walks of life. Like, you know, there's, I'm sure some things that like, if you committed to fully, you would struggle in the beginning and maybe just give up. But things that you commit to that you stick to, you tend to be very good at. And that leads to validation very quickly. And the one thing that I can like confidently say is you are somebody who looks for external external validation more than anybody I've ever met. And I th- always felt like that was a big reason why you had such strong ties to Jersey mm-hmm. because you do have those like core, I guess, threads between you, your sisters, you, your mom, like this, this really tight knit family, but more specifically, they, whether you realize this or not, like they put you on a pedestal. I mean, they just absolutely adore you Mm. in the best kind of way, but also in a way that can lead to a lot of self-destruction. If you kind of like quote unquote, buy the hype. Okay. And it's one of those things where it's like, when you know that that bedrock is always going to be there and they'll always be fulfilling your validation, there isn't really much need in achieving any high level of success in any other avenue of life, right? Yeah. So whether it's you letting your you letting your weight go, whether it's uh, you getting caught in the trap of like mid-stakes poker, but you're still making enough to get by, whether it's dating people that your mom or whatever doesn't even approve of. I, I don't even know if that's true. I'm just like throwing out examples. Or whether it's like you suddenly waking up one day and saying like, if, like if you went to your mother and you were like, listen, I'm giving up the entire poker dream. Uh, my girlfriend wants me to go, uh, you know, I don't know, sell cars, whatever. She would be like, I'm so proud of you. You should do what makes you happy. You should start the family. You should, you should pursue this. Yeah, she's always going to be so supportive, right? So there isn't anybody really pushing you in a direction towards getting over the hump, getting over that first layer of strife no. that's inevitable in life. And I feel like that's what you know, the role that I was kind of thrust into doing. And it's, it's been something where it's like, it's always put a lot of strain and tension on us being like really good friends. Because I think that like, I always shifted myself into that standpoint where it's like, look, I can see what you're capable of and you're just not doing it. And there's no excuse for it. Right. And it's always the littlest things that, that will just trigger you. It's why I made the bet with you. Right. It wasn't because I think that you're going to fail. It was because I knew that if you took your same approach of giving 80% and then being satisfied, then I would fail. I'll just win in complacency. I'll win strictly through complacency, right? Like you'll see enough progress throughout the first three months, six months, whatever, that you won't realize how aggressive you actually had to be on those marks because the last 5% is going to be so fucking hard to lose. It was just like, this is going to be a lesson to him. It's going to be a one year long dedicated lesson. But then I realized, you know, Uh, And just even like hearing you speak about it, it was just like, he's already setting himself up with like a a fail back or or a a fail safe where it's just like, you already started speaking in the language of somebody who lost or gave up where it was, well, you know, whatever. I would pay 5k to be a better version of myself, even if I lose this bet. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's a loser's mentality, man. That's somebody that's already set up to give up. You know what I mean? And that was, that's what I've always been trying to light a fire under you for. And I know that this is a far removal from like the, the immediacy of the pain that you're feeling, the, the change in your life, which is now like effectively a full 360. 
right? It was like... Oh, well, good 180, yeah. Well, I mean, well, it's really kind a of a 360, 360 right? Yeah. Like, you started at one point, and then you pulled a 180 for her, and now you're all the way back to beginning with a bunch of bridges burned in the background. Right. And, yeah, it's like... it's 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 something that I'm not qualified enough to say, hey, do A, B, and C, and everything's going to be fine. It's like, all I can do is empathize. I don't... Uh, yeah, I mean... It wasn't like, yeah, like obviously you're my friend and I wasn't like, I just felt as if like the people needed to know where it's like, well, yeah, like this is kind of still the story of our lives in this podcast and like the people following the podcast are still going to care and they're following the bet and they're following like why I'm not here and like. Like, fuck, man. Like, it sucks. But now I'm here. And it was weird because sometimes you find strength in the smallest things. Where it was like, I saw the thread with Jakun this morning. And I was like, man, like, that's some hard shit. Like, and then I, like, I read it. And, like, I kind of tried to, like, put it in the back of my mind this morning. When, like, I was talking to my mom and just, like telling her like like this is it like i fucked up like you know like i chose a girl that like we all approved of and like we tried to mend families and at the end of the day it didn't work but there was a lot of effort in that and i looked at the jacoon thread and i was like man like that was hard and then like moments later like like i look i open up the golf on thing and he's like still playing this guy that He's down a million dollars too, and he's like, "I'm still playing," and I'm like, "Man, like, these are some strong ass motherfuckers. Like, these, like, like, I don't know if I, like, I don't know if I could do that." And then I tied that into like the smallest of things, where it was like, like I get mentioned in this article out of nowhere, you know, where it's like, you know, how to make like high stakes poker great again, and I was like, well. You know, you got to get to the new school players and like out of nowhere, like it's just like my name is thrown in and it's like, OK, like people are actually like watching me in a way like I didn't look at it like validated, but like more like people expect things from you, yeah. you know, and I was like, if people expect things from me, then like. Like maybe they know more than I do that, like I belong in a certain place yeah. and me like leaving poker and like who knows what the fuck i would do because i don't know anything else right and i was like okay well if people expect things from me like i still like own a company i haven't been kicked out yet and i i live in vegas and i have money and i could play the 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 games and like all right maybe the world is just putting like says like no like that's not the path you know like the path wasn't for you to move to jersey get a fucking job and like maybe be miserable in whatever it is because you think that you belong with this girl and at the end of the day like i really did give a hundred percent like to that relationship where like maybe too much of myself where it was to the point where i was like fuck it like that's gonna work and that's gonna be my life but like the world said no like this is your life and look what these people are going through that is equally as hard as you and like they're still pushing so then i was like okay like i still have this bet and 
I should focus on that. I still have this company. I should focus on that. I still have my family. So I told my sister, like, hey, like, come here, like, right now. And, like, it wasn't even, like, I told her, like, I had that conversation with my mom and just told her, like, hey, like, this is what happened. Like, I know you love this girl. And I know you thought she was, like, your daughter and all these things. But, like, it's just not going to work anymore. And I don't know if it, I don't know if it will or not. But, like, right now, like. I, it's not working and it's and we're done right and she calls me back and she's like your sister's on her way tomorrow and I was like okay right and I was like and I called my sister I was like okay come like and then I know we're going to LA tomorrow or the day after so I was like oh damn I'm supposed to go to LA and she's like I'll go to LA and I was like okay like people still give a fuck like you know and that helped and I was just like talking to Conrad yesterday and like telling him like, you know, this was fucking crazy. Like, like I fucked up like kind of bad. And he was like, yeah, like you owe everyone here an apology. And I was like, I, I, I do. I know that. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I'm like, it's crazy. Like I, I don't know. Like I wanted to talk to you, but like, I felt as if since the people are following us and since everyone's like still following this, like this is still the hardest podcast for me. And like I said a long time ago, like this is the realest fucking podcast. Yeah. And so I'm sorry for leaving and trying to pursue something that might've been like ridiculous and I think that you believe in me and I made you do a bunch of work in my absence and I'm sure you wanted to fire me 17 times and maybe you did. I don't know, but I think people expect things from me and now I feel like this in a way was like a wake up call to like my life and like my career and like honestly like maybe Lance the person that wrote the article just like kind of in a in some nowhere way just kind of said like we're all watching you kid like like welcome to high stakes poker like and it, and it's ironic because I was just like this week was the first time I played at Bellagio right yeah. like the first time like I officially entered like high stakes poker and and yeah like i don't know like i don't know what to say except that if you're watching me then like follow the journey and i'll be here to tell it i guess there's a lot i want to unpack first i want to stick a pin in the jacoon thing because that that's kind of an aside that i think right. both of us have experience with and i think yeah. it's an important topic to touch on there's so much that that you dug into there that it's really hard for me to even like put it into any sort of chronological order. Um, I appreciate the apology. You weren't ever fired. Obviously you would have known. And it was one of those things that I'm not upset that you left to pursue something else. I'm upset that communication was just cut. Mm -hmm. And like watching last week's vlogcast, it was clear that you two were still together and that this moment hadn't occurred yet because to me personally watching, it was a lot of parsing out the blame to others. 
in a way that was, uh, I want to say like self-aggrandizing in some sort of way, but it was just like, it was very self-centric, right? It, the, the best thing, I, I know I relate to this a lot, but it's like, if you ever listen to This Is Water, it really hits home on this particular point where we just have this natural tendency to see the world through our own personal lens. Of course. And I'm listening to you talk to Andre and like he's grilling you about like, you know, where have you been? Like you have all this talent. Why aren't you doing these things when you could have this ability to just have this skyrocketing trajectory in content creation, in poker, in all of these avenues that you're truly passionate about? And your responses were always about somebody else. It was always like, well, I have responsibilities at home and I'm in love with this girl and you know, Berkey and the company expect so much from me and I don't have any friends out here and, you know, all this other stuff. And it's like, you know, that kind of cuts because none of us view it that way. It's like, we view you putting yourself in isolation. You know, like, you're like, yeah, when I'm out here, it's just like this routine where I show up at one, put in a little bit of work, go play poker and then go to the gym. And all I do all that alone. It's like, all of us do all the exact same things and we don't do them alone. Mm -hmm. Like you chose to do all of those things solo. And that's fine if that's your preference, yeah. but it's it's not. I mean, it, it's not, it's just that it almost feels as if, like I said, like I was living two lives, right? Yeah. And when you do, and I was here, I was just like, well, like I have another life. And it was like, I don't even wanna talk to these guys about my other life. Yeah. And then when I was there, I didn't wanna talk to them about my life here. Right. So it was always this like, clashing worlds where i'm left stuck in like the middle of it what i still don't know from all of this from from the from last week's podcast and everything you set up until this point i hear a lot about what you did uh and the reasons behind it and who they were for and the Mm -hmm. effort that you put forth but nothing nothing that you said seems to align with what you want and what's very unclear to me is like what you actually desire. And it's easy to say like it was the girl. Well, it was. Right. At, but at like the time. It, but right. But like yeah. at what cost? Right? At all. That was the thing. It was almost at all costs. It was at all costs. Right. right and right. you get the girl. But like getting the girl is not a life. Right. So there's there's the back side of that. Yeah. Like I, I honestly, I didn't know. Like I, I thought I was in love with this girl. And I don't know what was after that. Like, I didn't even have a plan. Like, my plan was like, okay, like, I'm going to buy a condo in Jersey. Like, I have the money for that. And I'll figure it out from there. Right. Which is like crazy almost to say out loud. But like, in your mind, you just think that faith and like fate kind of makes it work. Sure. But the reality at the end of the day is that like, I've poured in 10 years to, of my life to a profession that. I'm just getting to a point where like maybe I make it to like the the top top. Right? Yeah. I'm just getting back. Like I just weighed myself today at 216. And it's like, well, holy shit. Like 200 pounds isn't that far. Like 199 is not that far. Like the scale starting with one is not that far. Yeah. Right. And I was like, okay, like if we rewind time and this person was never in my life, which has happened before. I'm where I want to be. Like, I own a company. I, I am. I'm playing high stakes poker. Like, I am almost at the like look where I want to be. 
And now I just have to handle this emotional instability of thinking that I don't like I'm inadequate. Hasn't that always been the case though? Because like, I feel like that's, that's been, I think this is just like bringing a, a, an underlying problem to the surface because again, like I still don't hear what the answer is moving forward, like that you want to pursue. It's just like the opportunities that you have laid before you. And what also is like abundantly clear to me is if like, it's not even faith in fate, you would have made that work. What I'm asking though is what would your happiness level be in that particular environment? So, so if you bought the condo in Jersey, had the girl, and then you just up and left poker and found another career, like, is there happiness at the end of that path? And I know that you say like, yeah, I, I get that. But like, on the contrary, is, is there happiness at the end of these paths? Cause like that's what I don't seem to see. That's why there's an entire movie on the pursuit of happiness. It's it's <laughs> it's. I think that the the question I am answering today is like, am I? Not today, but like I guess for the time being, for the next yeah. months or whatever, is her and us together would have been maybe great maybe not but like if that would have worked i would still have the question of can i have achieved everything else sure and now i'm in a position where it's like well you can if you want right and i do want to reach like not only not for professional reasons well but for reasons of answering like life questions of myself where it's and like you know this like it's just like i i have to have some sort of like underlying like reason of thinking that i'm not adequate for someone right because of like how my father left never answered like even till today we don't talk at all yeah right and that's why like when I reach a certain point where it's like, hey, like you're good enough, then I just move on to something else. Yeah. Right. And that has to have some some lasting impact. But now I'm at a point where like today I was just like kind of like really fucked up, really crying and just like answering like like why am I not adequate for all these things? And it's like everyone that I've said, like, no, you you can do these things. Like you have a fire in you to get to a certain point that like that that's like sometimes further than other people can achieve, but not as far as you can achieve. Yeah. Right. And it's like, okay, well let's find out then because I, I've never achieved something past the point of I'm pretty good. But say, say yeah. that you acquire all that. Yeah. Then what? I don't know. I, I, I don't know past the point of my, of acquiring like, I don't know. Like, I've never pushed myself to a point to know. I get that. Yeah. Uh, I'm asking because it seems like a never-ending chase for external validation. And but I don't. I, I don't. So this is where I'm at. I don't want to reach a certain point and then Lance say, like, oh, yeah, you're pretty good again. Yeah. It's more like I want to reach a certain point and then me look in the mirror and say, like, I did it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I did it. Like, not it. he did it. And if it, it doesn't have to even mean, like... I play on high stakes poker and people see that I'm good. Maybe I don't even hit 
like the mega high stakes. But I want to reach a point where it's like, this was my ceiling and I got it. Yeah. Right. And if that's the biggest games, then great. If that's like us doing Google, then that's great. And if not, then that's fine. But like, I don't want to get to a point because the great thing about this relationship failing is that I actually did give it a hundred percent and I've never really given everything else a hundred percent. So the fact that this failed, like a little bit of me is like, okay, I really couldn't do anything else. Like I did nothing wrong. Like I was legit the perfect boyfriend in like all facets and she couldn't either couldn't handle it or didn't like the fact that like I was came here for a fucking week, you know, to like teach a class like and fine. Like, okay, that's I will kind of die happy of the fact that like when it ended, it didn't end because I failed her. Sure. It ended because sometimes relationships just don't work. So that's the conversation I had with like both my mom and her mom because her mom wanted us to get married. Yeah. And I told her like I tried everything. Like I everything that was meant to be tried was tried. So now I'm like okay, well everything that was meant to be tried in my personal life hasn't. So like yeah, like not only for for the people watching, it's just like for me it's like, okay, like, if I fail in fucking poker and I, like, play Bellagio and just get fucking wrecked, then I did it. Like, I I went and got wrecked. If I fail this bet, but I gave it 100%, then I did it. Like, so that's what I want to do. Like, I just want to, like, I just want to do it. Like, just, just, okay, like, all that energy that I spent on, like, trying to make this relationship work and, like, and 100%, like, I need to do that for me not for a relationship not for like for me and then everything else around me will just like reciprocate that energy back to me i I think that's the best answer that you've given because those things don't have like i mean they have a tangible benchmark set to them Mm -hmm. but they don't really have a finish line they're 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 infinite games right there there's no end in sight to the bellagio 2040 80 game there's no end in sight to your personal growth through health and fitness and all these other realms. So it's like the validation that you'll achieve through those pursuits and others, you know, branching off of that, it's going to be intrinsic, right? It's going to be internalized. It's going to be your own personal measuring stick. So you're the one who has to wake up every day and look in the mirror and say, like, am I better than yesterday? And like, have that conversation with yourself. And, you know, we talk about this all the time. It's it's a juggling act to try to keep all of these different arenas in line at the same time. Your career, your passions, your friends, your family, your significant others, your health, your fitness, right? That's a lot. And when you start to overinvest in one arena, everything else has to take a huge hit. Right. And, like, with that huge hit comes a lot of fallout when other people are involved. I, you know, I went through it myself. It's like, I've been a terrible significant other in the past. And it's, it's not because I didn't care. And it's certainly not because, uh, of like the other person or anything of that regard. It's just a systematic breakdown where at some point you either over invest in some, some particular area uh, across that spectrum, 
or you just reach a point where you like you can't do it all anymore, but you've set yourself up. Basically, like you've set yourself up to fail. And I'm notorious for that, right? It's like, who has a problem? Tell me. I'll try to fix it. Right. Right. And it's like when you know these things intrinsically about yourself, it's a slippery slope because a lot of times that's what will draw the greatness out of you is leaning into things that you're you feel strongly about that you feel like you can pursue wholeheartedly. But it's also like on the other side of that is sheer and utter disaster. Yeah. So like getting good at juggling these these intrinsic areas that you're aware can be like slippery slopes, like seeking external validation and, mm-hmm. and you know, pursuing uh, a pat on the back or, or whatever the case may be. It's like that you you have to set up a set of uh, a system of checks and balances. And it's like, it's the same thing. Like, you know, I don't know what's going to come of this fall. Or it's been, it's a pretty fresh wound for you. It's two, three days. But for me personally, like even still reflecting back, uh, you kind of get to walk away with a clean slate where you're like, hey, I did all I could. And it just wasn't good enough. But on the flip side, you're the exact opposite to other relationships in your life. So for me, like looking back on my last relationship and all of my friendships, I basically jumped shit. It was like I was too overwhelmed by everything else that was going on. Yeah, we've had that conversation. Yeah, and it's like it just led me down a path where... uh I was super regretful. I, I don't know that I've ever had a regret in my life until just recently. But it's also been like one of the best teaching tools that I've had happen to me in my 30s. So it's just like we sometimes need that chin check where it's like, hey, you've been living on easy street for a little too long. You had life figured out for a little bit too long and other people were picking up your slack and patting you on the ass telling you good job for like a little bit too long. And eventually, we're just always going to, we're going to result back to the fact that we're human. And we're going to find a way to self-sabotage to create just enough chaos where it's like, oh, hey, I'm alive. And I need to do some things that are going to be a lot more productive moving forward. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what happened, right? Like, I had a good year in 2019 and like, kind of like financially or whatever, and I was like, okay, like, I'm okay, right? Like, I'm okay. I have a girlfriend. I have money. Like, I'm getting a little bit better shape. Like, I'm doing good. Like, I was like, oh, I'm looking at some cars, whatever. I might get into my life, all of my life together. And then I was like, nah, not so fast, man. Like, you have things to maybe accomplish. And it's not fuck. I'm, I, I, it's not easy. Like, I'm in a lot of pain. I am just like, what just hit me? Like, this is not what I planned, but it's okay. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't have answers, but I have motivations, I guess. Yeah. I, I think it takes a lot of time. Um, and I, I think it parallels a lot to like what Jason's tweet uh, thread was about today. It's like, you know, he's 34 years old now, 35 years old now. Mm-hmm. That's a lifetime of learning that he spelled out in 10 tweets yeah. or 12 tweets, I think something of that nature. It's like, <clears throat> like I know the area that he grew up in. It's not that far from where I grew up. I think we grew up about two hours apart and you know, for both of us, they're impoverished rural towns uh, on the outskirts of semi-industrial cities, right? We live in the Rust Belt. Yeah. He's from Weston, West Virginia. I'm from 
just outside Pittsburgh. And, you know, the culture there, especially in the mid to late 80s, early 90s, it was still very much grizzled. And, you know, I, I one, of, one of the tweets that stuck out to me was he described his dad as uh, toxically masculine. And I can't really relate to that because, like, my dad, I always viewed as, like, a nerd. He was a scientist, but he was a drill sergeant in the Army as well. So, like, he had this wild temper that went with, like, this insane intellect, right? So, he he described that, and I just immediately envisioned, like, 20 different Little League dads in my head. Yeah. Where yeah. I just know exactly the type he's talking about, right? right? And obviously, he drew the short straw. Where he gets the dad who isn't just drunk at a baseball little league game shouting at their twelve year old son, he gets the dad who is, you know, physically abusive to not just him and his siblings but also to his mother, and man, like, you know, that's a hard atmosphere to grow up in. Yeah, for sure. And it does things to you, right? Like, you know, you're talking a lot about your dad, kind of like leaving you guys mm-hmm. at, at a young age and creating a lot of false expectation and hope and. Especially like you are from that that thread of deep family vibes right. where I think it hits you guys a lot harder. Right. Right. Sure. It's like my mom somehow escaped physical abuse by the time I was five. So I have memories of it, but like I wasn't the one personally abused yeah. and I witnessed some shit <clears throat> uh, and it definitely shaped my character. It definitely hardened me in some sort of way. It definitely made me, you know, mature a lot younger and grow up through a far different lens of uh, of what a normal childhood looks like. But for me, in a lot of ways, and honestly, like the way it probably impacted me the most is uh, like almost creating this semi-barrier of getting too close. And the reason was is because I was always so ingrained to fear that I was going to grow into my dad's temper. Hmm. Yeah. I just assumed that it was hereditary. You know, so like just seeing that like, the flip of a switch just being able to go off. And like what Jason was describing in that thread just so resonated with me. And, you know, I I don't really know Jakun to be that type of person, but he's told me enough stories where it's like, you can tell he's battled Mm -hmm. like from youth till now, overcoming this like hair trigger of, of uh, having a temper and having this chip on his shoulder. You know, and I think like what you could probably resonate more with is him saying that, you know, no matter what you achieve, it's not going to get the validation from the person who hurt right. you the most. Right. Yep. And that right. kind of stuff. So it's like, man, yeah, that's like deep shit. And like to put yourself out in a public platform, you on this vlogcast, Jason in the in the tweet storm, it's like that's true vulnerability and a huge, huge reflection of being able to actually acknowledge that growth is taking place. And the the, the only real difference right now between you and him is that he's on the other side of it. He's far enough removed at this point where he can kind of say like, look, this is my way of trying to give back from being brought up in a shitty situation and indirectly kind of saying like, I'm sorry to all those who were exposed through the growing process, but I'm on the other side of it now. Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah, that, that it was like the world works in weird ways where it was like I read the Jacoon thing and I was like, oh, yeah, that kind of relates to me. But then like the golf on like saying like, OK, I'm playing. Yeah. I was like I put those things together and it was almost like in a weird way, like like poker was talking to me. Yeah. It was like, listen, like 
fucked up shit happens. And we're still going. Yeah. Like, in a way. Where it was like, okay, like, if he can play after getting wrecked and he can make it to high stakes after all this and, like, people are watching me, then let's go. Yeah. Like, you know, like, okay, like, like wipe your fucking tears and, like, move, you know, because, you know, I don't know. Like, what else? Like, it, it sucks because I felt as if, like, I let so many people down. And it was like, I left here. Like, I, my family was expecting something that's not going to happen. I was expecting something that's not going to happen. And I'm sure she was expecting something that maybe didn't happen. And then, okay. Like, you know, it, it, now we're here. Like, it's, that's the story to tell. I yeah. I, I mean, I think for me personally, like, what inspires me the most about seeing this stuff flesh out publicly like this and why it's so clear, uh, especially in the in the poker sphere where you know the the negativity can kind of rise to the top a lot quicker yeah the reason why phil's phil the reason why jason's jason and the reason why everybody should pay close attention and watch is because they're completely unapologetic about how they got to the point that they're at and the fact that they're going to press on and i'm not saying that in some sort of arrogant way i'm saying it in the exact opposite like no part of them is even taking a heartbeat to say what was me hmm. right and it's just like it's it's why i i like goggins so much too it's not because like i think this guy is some profound prophet who right. is giving me the philosophy to life it's because this guy's just pure grit you know he's just able to like wake up every single day and say like what's the problem and no matter how great it is and no matter how human of a of a response he wants to give he just internalizes it and says like okay I'm capable of this. Let's go. Yeah. And that's it. It's just like, let's move forward in, in some sort of uh, positive way. And it's hard because like we're emotional creatures. We're driven by this like fight or flight system that, that, you know, spurns this deep reaction in our gut even, you know, where it's just like you're in knots when certain things happen. Yeah. I mean, that's how, that's how I felt and kind of feel. And, but I'm just like, I forced myself to go out yesterday and play, you know, games with you guys. And I didn't, I didn't want to, because I was just like, I don't want to go out, man, but I'm going to go. And then I was like, this morning I went into the sauna. I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to like, not do that. And I didn't want to have conversations with my mom that were very difficult. You know, and I didn't want to go to the gym and I didn't want to record this broadcast. And I like I didn't want to do anything, you know, but I was like, that's not going to help me. You know, like I have to. So I, I honestly thank Jacoon and, and, and Galfon because like them putting those things out the time they did kind of maybe changed my trajectory of like what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. And they won't ever know that unless they watch this. Maybe I'll clip it out and tag them in it. But they won't know that. But. It's interesting because, and I don't know who I'm talking to in a way. And it's like, and that's fine. But at least I'm putting it out that they helped me, you mm-hmm. know? And like, and in a way, poker helped me. Yeah. And for me to like leave that is not, and at the time that I would have, would have just eventually came back and said like, you 
fucked up. Like, I mean, you've been a total yeah. paradox to all of us. Yeah. It's like none of us can figure out what's going on, right? Yeah. It's like, I don't understand. This kid has the availability to play whatever stakes he wants. He's winning. He has the availability to do as much training content as he wants. He has the availability to do as much commentary as he wants. Like all of these platforms are just there, ready to be, you know, they're ripe for the picking. And he has the talent to succeed in all of them. And it was just like one day he seems to like grind five hours and on top of the world. And then the next day it's just like, all right, I'm out. I'm kind of over it. Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day it was that one major, I guess, validation, right? It was like... Have you ever been single? As long as I've known you, you haven't been no, single. No, I have. I have. But not for long. Right. I, I yeah. you've had three girlfriends since I met you. That was yeah, five years been, ago. We've been, yeah, but like it's five years. Like five years is a long time. No, but what I'm saying yeah. is, over that five years, I don't think you've been single for longer than a month. No, I've been single for longer than a month. Probably in silence, you know. But but yeah, I mean, I've had a girlfriend. You know, girls like the kid. You know, but that wasn't my question. You know, I'm just saying the girls like the kid. But that's all good. Not, but honestly, like whatever. Like I'm I'm. That's not even in my, I don't know. Like, I'm not looking for a replacement. You know, I'm more looking for. That's, that's yeah. I guess, what I'm getting at yeah. is that, like, when you get customary to a certain sort of, yeah, uh, like, expectation. Like, even when you were talking about, like, you know, you have certain expectations when you go home. And it's just like, well, you know that you're going to have dinner and you're going to have your laundry yeah. done. And you're going to have all these things, like, just set up for you. It's like, when you find comfort in that it's easy to then just like gravitate to the next one and the next sure, one and the next sure. one. I don't know. Of course it's nice, right? Because you remember those things, but I can't, I don't know. Like I, I think this trip to Los Angeles is kind of good time, you know? And right after that we go to Austin and I'm excited for it because not only does my sister come along and like kind of see what poker is yeah. right, in a way, because like they don't know, right? Yeah. They, they're like, like my family just says like okay like but like they don't know what like a ten thousand dollar pot looks like they don't know what like any of this stuff looks like right they, you know i'm sure she thinks like i'm playing for like a couple hundred bucks you know and it's like and it's gonna be fun right because we're gonna do things and like and it's gonna be good to have someone that like is not from poker around and just yeah. like and understands me for for me you know and then also you guys that like understand like me for me in like a different light yeah and finally joining those things and like being around poker and doing other things it's helpful because i didn't want to do it and i think that it'll help me and i didn't want to talk about this on the vlogcast i could have just brought up other topics you know i could have just said like whatever like i'm gonna be here now guys like i'm back yeah you know and like, let's talk about poker. And it's like, I didn't want to do that because I would be lying to myself, to you and to all the people listening. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. That's like kind of cowardly. I thought, no, I, I, I think that this is really good. Uh, it's a weird way for me to find out, <laughs> but well, yeah. it's, it's very authentic, which I think everybody will appreciate. Um, and I think that like, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's very true to the audience. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I'm all about peeling back the curtain. I'm all about being as open as need be for everybody to see. 
I think that it is important to like keep private lives private, right? And, of course, and public lives public. But I could definitely see where you feel a little beholden, or where you feel beholden, uh, especially in this instance where it's like you were just absent, mm-hmm. and we didn't like, we didn't say anything because we didn't know, right? You know, you you left and we were like, he'll be back the first of January, and then that rolled past. I was like, all right, maybe next week. Mm-hmm. And you know, the the weeks kept piling up, and it was like, all right, well, let's start compiling a list of conspiracy theories where Chid might be. Mm-hmm. And uh, like make a joke of it, but yeah, as yeah. far as I knew, um, you know, for in a lot of ways, we were we were just like filling the void with uh, a lot of different characters. So I think that you know, I certainly appreciate being more in the know, and I'm sure that everybody at home watching can relate to what you're going through. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't. It's not like uh, like it's not novel, yeah. man. Like right. life's fucking hard. Mm-hmm. We all go through trials and tribulations. You just happen to be doing it publicly on air for everybody to hear. Yeah, I mean, you told me I was a public figure. Like I remember, I was like, "You're a public figure," and I was like, "Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't be paying attention to these kids that like to talk shit." Well, that's the other thing too, and I think it's <laughs> worth thinking about at least to some degree is recognize that not only is there strife. Uh, along the way in the in the trajectory and the path that you're pursuing but there's a lot of detractors and you have to be ready to embrace that it's like you know there are plenty of days where i get more fuck yous than i do pats on the back right but it's like whatever like that just drives me even more as long as they're paying attention i don't care mm-hmm. because i feel like we're moving towards something that is a lot bigger than you know, a podcast or a training video or anything of that nature. And, you know, my vision down the line of what solve for why turns into is hopefully going to be very impactful to the point where like people can't say this is shitty or you're, you're not doing enough for your consumers or for society or whatever the case may be. Like, I just want it to be at the end of the day, an emphatic stamp where it's just like, we did it right. And I'm proud of that. I think that along the way, we've done everything pretty fucking right so far. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, man, I I agree. I agree. I mean, people don't have to think that we're the greatest players in the world. And the greatest players in the world may or may not make content. But I think we're doing it right. And we're pretty fucking good at it. So I guess just um, I'm excited to tell people to follow along. I mean, I'll be here. I'm not perfect. I have fucking a lot of flaws. And let's just go. I don't know how to end it. This is your job. Can't throw it to me to end. There are no ads this week. But are we still doing ads? Are we still doing half off? When they see this, it'll be the last day. Today's the last day. <laughs> I'm back, bitch. It's your boy. Chin. You have one fucking day and it's over. It's my fucking turn. I run the show. No more half off. No more deals. Pay full price. Give me my money. Because this is the realest podcast. We're out. <laughs>